Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Allah is one and alone. Allah is incomparable in his serenity and peacefulness. Allah is without need and without want. All that is is within him. All that exists is within him. He is at the center of everything. He is the personification of dignity. His serenity stills the universes and calms the hearts of his creation. There comes a time in each man's life, in each woman's life, that is a turning point in their existence. When something occurs to them that alters their point of view, that takes them from being dependent on the world to being dependent only on Allah. When that moment occurs, everything shifts. Everything becomes altered. It all changes because we no longer are the same needy, grasping individual that we used to be. And we become content. We become without need. We become without grasping we become content. What's the shift? How does it happen? How does it come about? Well, it comes about in different ways for different people. But essentially, it happens by somehow detaching from the desire filled worldly needs to the contentment and serenity of Allah. But it's not a concept. It's a reality. And certain things have to be done in your life that lead you towards that direction. And I'll give you an example in my life. When I was about 27 years old, maybe 28, I was working uh, in a law firm. And I was put under the direction of a senior partner who I couldn't stand. Uh, 
he was a nasty person. And I personally uh, didn't enjoy being in his presence and didn't want to be in his presence. But I had just bought a house and I didn't have any money and I had a family to support and I was sort of bound to where I was in a situation that I found depressing, uncomfortable, uh, and other adjectives like that. And I didn't know what to do. So fortunately, through Allah's grace, I had a mentor. I had a sheikh. I had a very wise person to ask what to do. And he happened to be in Sri Lanka at the time. So I wrote him a letter. And I said, I'm in a position now that's very uncomfortable for me. And I don't like it. And I don't think it's appropriate to be in this kind of a position. What should I do? And he wrote me back a letter within a few days. And it said, it is better to live in your own rat hole than in somebody else's castle. Go out on your own and Allah will take care of you. Well, that's the advice. Now, then came the choice. What do I do? And how do I do it? I had an income stream, but I had no savings. So how do I accomplish going out on my own? Well, first you have to set the intention that you're going to do that. So I did. Then you have to find an office. And I went to the owner of the office building, who I had known for a little bit. And he turned out to be a pretty compassionate man. He said to me, when I asked him about office space, he said, you know, I know you don't have any money. And I know you can't afford to pay me. So I'm going to give you an office, and in six months, you come talk to me about rent. Well, that certainly took care of that part. Then I went to a client who I was working on and asked him if he would come with me and asked him if he would advance me some money. Fortunately, he had known my father, and he advanced me $2,000. And within two weeks, I was out on my own, and I had started my own business. Now, what happened? Well, I had a mentor. I had somebody who could give me advice who I trusted. And not only did I trust him, he told me that Allah would take care of me. So I was put in a position where I had to trust Allah. And in shifting from trusting the people who ran the law firm I was working for, to trusting Allah, there's a major shift in who I was. And there becomes a major shift in who any of us are when we go from that point, when we stop trusting in what appears to be giving to us, to what is actually giving to us. There is an entire shift in our 
way of existing. Somebody asked me very early on, what is private law practice like? And I said, it's a proof of God. I understood that it doesn't matter what you're doing, it's a proof of God. It doesn't matter what you're involved in, it's a proof of God. It doesn't matter how you're fed, it's a proof of God. If you think that you're being fed by farmers, you're missing the point. If you think you're being paid by your employer, you're missing the point. If you're connected to any of the world's apparent aids towards you, or gifts towards you, or accommodations for you, you're missing the point. We have to go deeper than that. We have to go to the source. And we have to have the courage every once in a while to step out there and fall and let him catch us. And then it's proven to us that he is the source and he will take care of you and he will allow you to get that which has been provided for you. Risk is an interesting word. It's an Arabic word, and it means sort of like provision, that which is allotted. And for each of us, there is a risk that has been allotted since the beginning of time, and that allotment is going to be given to us. Now, it'll appear that it came from many different places and many different sources and through many different kinds of things. But in reality, the risk comes from Allah. And at the time of the creation of the soul, it was also created for you. And we have to have that confidence. We have to have that understanding. And within that, we begin to understand the meaning of dignity. Allah is the most dignified one. He doesn't rely on anything. So if we only rely on the one with dignity, what does it do to us? What does it make us? If we rely on the elemental forces, we become attached to needing elements. But if we rely on that which is dignified, it elevates us to that which we rely on. Allah is the beggar to the beggar. Allah goes beneath whatever station you have and lifts you if that station relies on him. If that station attempts to be greater than him, then Allah is much greater. So Allah is greater than the greatest king. Allah is wealthier than the wealthiest man. So if you attempt to put arrogance in front of Allah, Allah is the strongest there is and will crush that arrogance. But if you submit to him, he picks you up as one of his and places you in a station of dignity. And in that dignity, we rely only on him. We understand the nature of being alone. 
we understand the greatness of being alone because that which is the greatest is alone. That which is the penultimate is alone and one. And in our march towards him, we also go alone. But there's an interesting thing in that aloneness. If that understanding of the one is great enough, it contains everything that we see and everyone that we see. And we are alone in unity with all that we see. That's the paradox of that penultimate aloneness. That's the paradox of that true understanding. It doesn't leave anybody out. It doesn't leave anything out. It takes it all. Because what is in Allah? Everything. All that is created is within Him. All that we see is within Him. All that we see is in fact Him. We just don't understand or aren't capable of seeing all of that. The scientists talk about a formula that explains all of the creation. And one day they think they will discover it and it will be very simple. It's already been discovered. It's already been written for hundreds and thousands of years. La ilaha illallah is the explanation of all of creation. Nothing exists but Allah. Once that is understood by us and we act on that understanding and we rely on that understanding and we live that understanding, fear will leave us. Anxiety will go from us because we know because he's promised us that he is merciful and we can rely on that mercy. We know because he's told us that he is compassionate and we can rely on that compassion. He will care for us. Now that care can come through many different ways but we have to see through it to the core of where it is. We have to see through it to the point that it actually comes from. And that point is one. And that point is God. That point is Allah. That point is the reality of existence. The serenity and the compassion and the calmness and the peace that is within him. We must understand that. And then courage is ours because he is the most courageous. Fear has no place because he is all there is. And he has nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. We have to take on his strength because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to share within his qualities. He's given us these qualities. He's made us in those qualities. We are of his image, yet he has no form. So it is in the formless 
that we truly exist and that formless is Arachman Arahim. That formless is Latif and Shakur. That formless is his holy qualities. His qualities full of grace is our true nature and our true existence. And when we are truly formed in those qualities, when we believe that, when we act on that, when we are in that way, then our true being rises. And then we become compassion for others. We become grace for others. Or as Bawa said, we become like God for others with the understanding that we are not God because if that happens we are lost but from the other's point of view who hasn't reached the point of understanding the qualities yet who hasn't reached the point of touching compassion yet who hasn't reached the point of having the faith in mercy yet when mercy comes to them it's as if God entered into their being it's as if God entered into their space and that's what the Sheikh does he enters the space as God's representative towards man. He represents to man a manifestation that man can understand of Allah's qualities. And as we understand them more and more, they become more and more less. The, the need for the manifestation becomes less and less because the grace of the qualities in their unmanifest becomes stronger and stronger and soon we can touch the unseen we can live within the unseen we can understand the unseen we no longer need manifest to touch we no longer have to be embraced by the manifest because we are embraced by the non-manifest because we see the non-manifest in everything and then life changes. Then we become truly a servant to that because that is so powerful that all we can do is fall in praise to it. And then our life becomes praise of that. And in that, we are given more and more of his treasure and raised higher and higher in his qualities. People think that by losing attachment to the world and giving up desire and giving up the things that desire wants, they're losing something. They're giving something up. What they don't realize is that the treasures that Allah has to give are greater than any treasure we can imagine because Allah is way beyond our imagination and his gifts are way beyond our imagination and his nature is way beyond our imagination and his glory is way beyond our imagination his mercy is way beyond our imagination all of these qualities we only touch the outer rim of them and as he reveals more and more and more of them to us it becomes more and more evident of the glory of the treasure that he is holding for us. And then our yearning and desire shift from the world towards him.
in a very, very profound way. And there is only one desire in existence that has a cure, and that is the desire to know Allah. And in that, in that, there is the possibility and the reality of a cure happening for us. All of our illnesses, all of our diseases, all of our wants, all of our needs have a core to them. We think that that core exists somewhere in the world and can be satisfied somewhere in the world. And we keep grasping and chasing in the world. And every time we finally get near or even grasp that which we think we need, we realize that that emptiness is still there and that core of need is still there. But when, when we finally conclude that it's not available in the world, it's only available through Allah and through the need for Allah and the need for knowing Allah is at the core of all needs that we begin the appropriate path, we begin the true path, we begin the straight path that takes us to where we were meant to go. So we have to develop an inner strength, an inner courage, an inner dignity that no matter what our relationships are with people and they should be polite and they should be loving and they should be kind it is Allah that is the source of all of our nourishment it is Allah that is the source of all of our risk and we must continue to understand that we must believe that and when we do believe that then we understand that if a relationship is broken somewhere, it's not the end of our nourishment. It's not the end of what we are going to get. If we lose a job, there's another job that's going to become available. Protection, nourishment, sustenance come from Allah. They don't come from the world. The government doesn't sustain us. Employers don't sustain us. Allah sustains us. And Allah alone sustains us. And we must be very strong in that conviction. And as that conviction grows in us, our dignity grows because we become closer to Him. And then we can walk through this world without dependency on this world and we must get to that place our dependency must be on him alone because he is the one that is ready to provide for us he is waiting for us to ask him to provide for us may each of us find that place of dignity may we find that place of trust in our Lord may we form that relationship with him and may we come closer to him. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil alamin, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.